Let's take a look at Netzach Shabamalchus tonight. So we've already looked at a couple of steps uh, within Malchus, and we've also, of course, extensively seen different aspects of Mida Netzach. I think that Netzach Shabamalchus is a little bit more of an intuitive component of Malchus, in that we talk about it every single day, that Kodesh Baruch Hu's Malchus is eternal. We have this notion that Hashem is not a melech for the moment, right? He's not a he's not a temporary elect. Hashem's malchus is something which is kaim and that the fact that there that there even is a universe itself is expressive of Hakadosh Baruch Hu's eternal malchus. It's not even that's not a temporary thing. It's descriptive, as far as we can describe it. Uh, it speaks of uh, of an eternal state of if Hashem is going to create a world, he's the Melech of the world. That concept is not foreign to us, that Hashem's Malchus should be eternal. We, we actually find, we've referenced numerous times the Pasuk of Netzach Yisrael lo Shaker. That's introduced in the context of discussing the Malchus of Yisrael. So the whole discussion over there is whether Shaul's Malchus is going to be Kayam eternally or not, or if it's being torn away from somebody else. And it's in that context that Hashem asserts himself as the Netzach Yisrael. So we we kind of have that understanding of, of Netzach Shavu Malchus. We understand that Hashem's Malchus is something which is itself endless and eternal and always will conquer. That we say, That Hashem's name, his recognition in the world, will have that achtos, will, will reach its conclusion. It's not going to, to lose the battle. It's the, the nitzachon will be complete. And we have this concept that comes up in Mishlei about rabot machshavot belevish dunai hitakum. That people plan, you know, man placht and God lacht, they say, the, the Yiddish saying, man plans and God laughs. That Shlomo Melech speaks out how people have all sorts of plans, but ultimately... HaKadosh Baruch Hu's plan for the universe is the sustaining plan. You know, the, the world order that Hashem anticipates and has projected for the world is what's going to come to fruition, however it ends up happening. And the Medrash actually ties this Pasuk of Atzat Hashem Hitakum into Malchus Yisrael, interestingly enough. That uh, Rabbi Yossi Aglili says, what's Pshad in the Pasuk, Rabbat Machshavot Belevish? Who was Shlomo Melech talking about? So it gives two different examples. But it says it was Shlomo Melech was talking about Avshalom, who tried to usurp the Malchut. He thought in his heart the saying, I'll kill off David, I'll take the Malchut for myself. He didn't realize Hashem was one step ahead. He, had, you know, he, thought, this, he thought this whole story out. A couple steps ahead of, of Shalom. So we see that Hashem's planning is the Malchus of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. As we've been seeing that Kabbalistically, the Malchus of Hashem is the very fact that there is a revelation of Hashem's will as a universe, as a physical world that we can connect to and relate with. That ultimately is going to follow Hashem's plan for it, for its success by virtue of the fact that it's here. In other words, if we can tie it into the, the whole idea of HaKadosh Baruch Hu being Borei Olamot Machrivan, the world that we find ourselves in as a successful world, if we're here and we can reflect on Hashem as creator, 
we're obviously in a world that achieves the success that it's meant to, or otherwise we wouldn't be in that in that type of world. It would have been one of those worlds that's been destroyed, which really is subject to, probably for another time that we could explore. And this is the idea of Hashem Yimloch Le'olam Va'ed. But I think that another component of Netzach Shiva Malchut, uh, as far as it's expressed in Hashem's Hanhaga, is the concept that Melucha itself, as a, as a human quality, as something which is expressed in human society, itself is expressive of the Kaddish Baruch Hu's Malchus. So in other words, we find this concept throughout Chazal that the Lev Malachim Be'yad Hashem, that the hearts of kings are in the hands of God, that the greatest agents of human activity in this world themselves are tools through which Hashem's Malchus itself is expressed. So the Shlomo Melech says it, that like streams of water are the hearts of kings in the hands of God. Wherever he wishes, he directs them towards that path. And this is the idea that the Rishon speak out, that ultimately Hashem does exercise the ability to limit certain individuals' bechira in order to uh, allow the, the process of creation to take the necessary steps forward. And when you have these major players like Malachim, so those are you know king you know pieces on the, on the stage. They require manipulation, but as a result of that, the manipulation is not really the essence for the, for this mida. I think the point is is that that highest scale level of description of human society, which is what a melech is, the expression of the of the rishus of of human societies and, and aggregates of people that have organized around an ideal, a sense of self, an identity, themselves are expressive of how Hashem's Malchus comes into expression in the world. And therefore, the things that the Melech does are things that Hashem does. In other words, that's why Hashem's utilizing them, because they are the kind of the macro-level descriptions of how Hashem's will is being manifest in the world. So, of course, what they're doing is going to be manifesting what Hashem wants to be happening in the world. That's where it's going to be taking place. In another way that we find this in HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Hanhaga is the idea of Tzadikim Gozer HaKadosh Baruch Hu Menkayim. That a Tzadik has the capacity to, to effectuate Hashem's will in the world on a higher order level than a standard individual might be expressing that. Because somebody who is who kind of has the Mida of Yesod and is the embodiment of Hashem's or in creation and that place has that leadership quality is somebody to who is going to be expressing Hashem, the, the totality of Hashem's Ratzon in the world. Mimela, they're going to be the actors of Hashem's will, how it's manifesting in the world. So I think that we have the, you know, this idea then that when a person is in a leadership position, first of all, a couple of things. When a person is in a leadership position and they're representing the cloud, I think what, one of the things that that demands of them is to have the the macro vision uh, in mind at all times, and that a person in a in a position of malchut or rishut, for whatever reason they end up in that position, needs to know how to translate the macro vision into the to the micro units of his malchut of his memshala, so that in the same way that we saw in, in previous midot within malchut that gvura shiba malchut demanded that the melech pays attention to the individual, cares for the life of the individual. And Tiferet said that he needs to um, allow the, the harmonization and the, the, 
the synchronicity of the details within his Mamshala. Netzach Shebamalchut, I believe, one of the aspects of it tells us that a, a person in a position of Malchut needs to exercise their macro vision, the perspective that only they have, and empower the individuals within that system to act on behalf of the Malchut in a way which is endless. In other words, there will constantly be an innumerable number of roles which need to be filled within the Malchut. And it's only someone who has that broadest perspective who can be constantly fighting the fight even when everyone else thinks the battle is over. In other words, you finished on the front line so everyone goes home. The Melech is the one person who is still having sleepless nights because they know that there's so much more to the picture. Because now that we're coming home from battle, let's say, just Lamashal, just to use that, that example, you've got all of these tens of thousands of soldiers who now need to integrate back into society, who now, you know, you need to, to employ them. That all of these jobs that originally were being filled to, you know, to be creating all of the artillery and all the equipment, now there's this massive vacancy. The king has this massive vision and understands that the, the, the job is never done. And because of that, they're able to constantly delegate individuals within their jurisdiction to continue the job for them and to empower individuals to take up the mantle of the nitzchiyot, which only the king is sensitive to. And I think this is possibly the pshat in, a, in an otherwise a very vague, possibly medrash plia over here, in the medrash rabba in, in Kohelis. The medrash rabba, this is wild. So the Medrash Rabbah says as follows. The, the, the Pasuk that describes um, David HaMelech, it says that he was a nar admoni, he was, uh, you know, yefei mar'eh and vitov ro'i. Yefei enayim vitov ro'i. That he had beautiful eyes and was good looking. Vitov ro'i. So says the Medrash Rabbah, Amr Rabbi Yitzchak, vitov ro'i bahalacha. He was good looking in halacha. Meaning to say what? Shekol mi shehu ro'eh oto zocher et talmudo. Anyone who would look at David would remember all of his learning. What? <laughs> Anyone who looks at David would remember all of his learning? But I think that the Pshad in the Medrash is, uh, maybe one understanding of the Medrash is, that only David, only the Melech, is somebody who maintains the entire macrospective vision of what this Malchus is all about. And it's only by thinking, okay, you think you know Pshat, you think you figured out what the parsha is about, you look back at David and you see the Halicha, you see the progress of the monarchy, you see the path that we're on, and you recognize that there's 20 steps ahead that the king is thinking about. They know the war is not over, they know the repercussions of winning this battle on this one front, they understand where everything fits in. And what the king, of a king is, is truly embodying the Mita of Malchus, what the king allows the nation to do is to tap into their own sense of Nitzchiyot by empowering individuals to have the perspective, the broad perspective that only the king has, to elevate people up to their high perch and to see broader than perhaps the individual was able to see on their own. This is part of the power of a Melech. The nitzchiyot of the melech is to draw individuals upwards into their elevated gaze, to see things from the vantage point that only the melech is able to have, and to empower individuals 
within their jurisdiction, within the, the space that the king himself represents, draw them into that eternal battle, to the, to the perseverance that the Melech has, and to allow them a glimmer of what it means to be someone who embodies Nitzchiyot in that way, who has the breadth of vision that is that as a result of which that person is able to represent. And ultimately, it's such a melech, it's a person who has that breadth of vision, who is ultimately their own Eitzah is Mikayim, uh, the Atzat Hashem Hitakum, which would be true, I think, even, you know, Lahavdil on an individual level. Someone who has a, you know, a vision for a, for a organization, for a community, for an endeavor. The person who has that breadth to realize that just because we won, you know, we accomplished one major ordeal, we pulled off a great dinner, we had a great opening night, that doesn't mean that you've made it. I, I actually, to, to, hopefully he never listens to this, but I have a friend who, who started a, a company and very ambitious um, ordeal, extremely ambitious, a lot of money went in into the founding of the, of the idea. And it was, you know, opening night was this massive celebrity dripping, you know, type of event with the lights and the, you know, the models and the, every, you know, you name it, right? The champagne and the, you know, and the, the, the works, right? And I spoke to him a few months, literally probably four or five months afterwards. And I said, you know, how's it going as far as the business? And he said, you know, we're in the dumps. He's like, I don't, you know, if my grandchildren are able to recover from the damage I've done, we'll be doing pretty well. And I was like, literally, how is that possible? Like, every single detail was paid so much attention to. The night's events were so well orchestrated. And I think that it's a pagam in Malchus. For a person to have all of the details of the local conditions worked out, but to have no breadth of vision, to understand, okay, where does this translate into as far as my sales go, as far as continuity of, you know, of translating all of these people into customers, into buying into my story, into participating with me in the long haul, as far as investments go? Is this just a fun night for people to come out and, you know, a night in the light? Or is it part of something more? Are you drawing them into your vision? And I think that the, the Mita of, of Netzach Shemamalchos tells us that a, a person in a leadership vision, uh, in a leadership position, needs to elevate themselves beyond the local, beyond the, the, the minute that they find themselves within. And I just want to close with a, a beautiful quote I came across from uh, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs in an essay he wrote a couple of years back where he writes a beautiful thing. I'll quote to you. He says, Despair can be part of leadership itself. For when the prophet sees himself reviled, rebuked, criticized, as so many of our prophets were, when his words fall on stony ground, when he sees people listening to what they want to hear, not what they need to hear, that is when the last layers of self are burned away, leaving only the task, the mission, the call. When that happens, a new greatness is born. It is now no longer matters that the prophet is unpopular and unheeded. All that matters is the work and the one who has summoned him to it. That is when the prophet arrives at the truth stated by Rabbi Tarfon in Pirkei Avot, that it is not for you to complete the task, but neither are you free to stand aside from it. I think Rabbi Sachs is, is kind of um, bringing upon this notion 
that the king doesn't get, um, you know, kind of misdirected by by popularity in the moment, or by you know how. And this is, by the way, with this is one of the of the issues that Shaul had, that he was a a person for the people, that he was swayed by the by the desires and the interests of the populace. And this is exactly the thing that, that Shmuel comes to him and tells him, Netzach Yisrael, lo yishaker, my friend. I'm sorry, but if you want to have the malucha, you have to have the level of nitzchut, of, of eternal commitment to the values that we represent, like a Kadosh Baruch Hu has. Not to be swayed by the desires of the people, but to stand tall in a way that the people can look at you the way that they will with David and immediately recall the journey and the details of the journey and everything that the path entails that was the recollection of the Talmudo that people would have when they would see David HaMelech. They would be drawn immediately back into, into the Halacha, not only into the details of Yisrael, but into the pathway of Yisrael, into the progress that Yisrael needs to make. And they never mistook a behavior of David for a person like Shaul. Shaul who would be able to be swayed by the, by the people was unable to embody the Midah of Netzach Shebemalchut, whereas a person like David, people would be able to, to look at and immediately recall the, the eternal mission and the journey that Yisrael has to embark upon. So these are some thoughts, I think very practical ones, for taking the Midah of Netzach Shebemalchut uh, and translating it into our lives.